on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 239 now of uh, the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we are going to talk about sleep. They say you need eight hours of it, but do you really need eight hours of it? I read a Time article, Time Magazine, must be true. And it was interesting, the person that they're interviewing in Time was actually a student that used to be in my spin class, and she would show up sometimes at 4.30 in the morning to ride, and you couldn't believe how much energy she had. Uh, she was also, well, I'll tell you what she was. Was she riding with the king? She was riding with the king, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, talk a little bit about sleep, and then we'll also talk a little bit about if you've been vaccinated now, is it okay to go on vacation? We'll get to that, though. Let's get to this. Sundown towns, sunset towns. We are seeing the trial happen in Minnesota right now with a Minnesota police officer who kneeled on the neck of George Floyd for eight and a half minutes. George Floyd no longer with us. People are wondering, and we touched on this last week, if this particular officer can get a fair trial because it's just been announced that the family has been awarded $27 million. The concern is this. Hey, the family already got the money, and if you're sitting in a jury pool, I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should just let this cop off because at the end of the day, the family got their payday, and he was a cop just doing what cops do, so maybe we vote to acquit. That's a real concern right now with that big payday. Here's what's interesting about this to me because as we look all around the country and we hear communities screaming for police reform, police reform, police reform, And then as they begin to go on that journey of trying to reform these police departments and they get the police departments involved, what they have found in a lot of these places and spaces that these police departments have just gone back to business as usual. When we felt the pressure of the Black Lives Matter movement, when we looked at the Black Lives Matter marches that were marching on cities, especially during covid We saw this happen in Seattle, where immediately the city council came out and they felt like they had to respond. And they said, we're going to defund the police. We're going to get rid of the navigation teams, uh, which means we're going to get rid of a lot of community officers. We are going to fire 100 police officers. Well, then they turn around and 200 police officers walked off the job on their own to other police departments. They get rid of those navigation teams. And we've talked about this at nauseum. These are really the community officers that knew who these people were in parks and the people that needed help and they understood services. All those officers are now gone. So you don't have these cops standing between the public and also being advocates for people who are living in parks under bridges and other places. What they have found is this, which is really interesting to me. You go to a place like Bellingham and Bellingham's like, you know what? We're not going to put up with it. We're not putting up with these tents. We're not putting up with these Black Lives Matter marches. Uh, We are not putting up with this demand for police reform. And in fact, if you do a little study on Bellingham, Washington, 
and who has lived in Bellingham, Washington, and why Bellingham, Washington is so white. It's because that was one of the white flight cities, and you've heard that before. When there was a movement in this country to begin to say, we need to have, in fact, this happened in Seattle. They bust young black children up to Queen Anne, where I live, and said, hey, if black children are given the same opportunities that wealthier white kids are affording in a place like Queen Anne, we will bust them to Queen Anne so they can go to school together. And we are going to force, we're going to force some type of integration. And that's really what that movement was about. And what we found out is that busing didn't work. What we found out is the communities where kids were bused from didn't necessarily get better. And a lot of places they got worse. And then this is what happened. In communities like Queen Anne, where people are looking around and going, I don't want my kid, my white child, going to school with a black kid. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move to Bellingham, Washington. And that's what people did. Bellingham became a white flight community that didn't put up with that, that didn't do any busing. And in fact, they call it a sunset town or a sundown town. And the reason they would call it a sundown town, and I would encourage you to Google that, to look at the horrific pictures to see where the KKK was alive and well in the early 1900s and up through the 1950s and 60s. They were alive and well in places like Bellingham, Washington. And you know what they would do? They would put up signs. That's where they would burn crosses. And what they would say to black and brown communities is, you better get out of this town before the sun goes down. It was a sun down town. What's interesting now is we begin to look all over America as they are identifying sundown towns, sunset towns. They have now identified over 412 communities that were white flight communities that are still, in a way, in the way they operate, sunset or sundown towns. And now you look at the way that these police departments are connected to these communities for a lot of these police officers during segregation or desegregation, they were the ones that had to come in and enforce a sundown town. What say you, Ron? Because we thought we we're going to have police reform, and that is certainly happening in some cities, but it's not happening in most. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting part of our, our heritage and our past that, that we just continue to learn about and you and I, I think, are are doing an okay job at trying to educate ourselves on these things that are not comfortable to look at and are difficult to assimilate into our worldview. Uh, and it's uncomfortable to go, ah, I wish that wouldn't have been that way. Uh, and so you, you learn about those. Um, the George Floyd thing, I think, has the potential to be one of the most important legal cases that we're going to see the the prosecution side has called. Uh, I, I follow him on Instagram, Neil Katal. He's he used to be the Solicitor General of the United States of America, a constitutional scholar, has argued for the Supreme Court many times. Very very smart guy when it comes to constitutional law. So he is he has inserted himself into this George Floyd trial. I believe just for, and watch. I've watched hours of him. Uh, on he does these video recaps of legal things online. Um, I believe he is trying to 
figure out a way within the confines of the constitution to bring policing into uniformity nationwide. I, I think that's his agenda. And if there's anyone that could figure out how to do that, it's the former solicitor general of the United States. Like this guy knows the constitution back and forth uh, and knows how the law works and knows how to take things from this case. Like, like he's not, I don't think showing up in Minnesota to stay in Minnesota. They're trying to find a case to, to appeal this thing up to the Supreme court. And Neil would argue it in front of the Supreme court. And I believe the agenda here is to um, remove some of the protections that you have right now for police in America, where when you have a clear videoed death of a human being um, that you cannot just invoke a police protection that, and have that, that stand. So I, I think that's what's going on here. And if Neil does what he believes is correct, that in years, it's going to take years for this to happen, uh, that there's going to be a verdict here. Then the police officer appeals uh, or Neil appeals. Then it's going to go to the, the higher up court, then to the state Supreme Court, and then to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the agenda here is that. How do we as America, do we want all policing to be brought under one umbrella? And do we want to reevaluate what it means to say, I was on duty, therefore I killed someone and I'm protected? Do, those, do we want to re-examine those two things? And so I think if you're part of a black and brown community or you lived in a sunset community, your answer is, hell yeah, I want to relook at those. And if you were on the other side of that fence saying, get out of my town, you're saying, no, we like it just the way it is. Like, like it's pretty good for us yeah. right now. I think, I think what was really revealing to me, when, when I think of the Capitol Police, the Capitol. We're in talking other, Washington, D.C.? In the other Washington. I, I would think the kind of officers that would work for the Capitol Hill police would be somewhat progressive. And at the same time, um, I think there's a lot of Republicans out there that are actually progressive because in a lot of ways, I'm a Republican and I feel like I'm pretty progressive. So I think these these labels sometimes don't don't serve us. What they've been doing is they've been charging people with various crimes and they still say there's probably a hundred more people that they still need to to arrest there's 800 people overall that they're interested in they have over i think 296 arrests and they think they could have an evidence to arrest 100 more and then some people will just never be arrested they won't be caught when you look at the text messages though between some of these officers when you look at some of the text messages not just there, but on some other police departments when some of the Black Lives Matter marches were happening. And you look at what cops sometimes are saying to cops and who they want to crack back on or they're looking for a fight or some of the language I can't use uh, or I don't want to, I choose not to use on this podcast. It saddens me because it, it shows me that we, we just, we have a lot farther to go than I thought a lot farther to go. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I've bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior 
Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a lay down. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate, and they, they were just honest and straightforward, and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. All right, you guys, welcome back. Episode 239 of the Ron and Don Show. When it comes to sleep, they say if you don't get your sleep, you know, it's like drinking too much when you get older. Or it's like having some kind of drug addiction. Or you are doing more harm to your body than if you were smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. Sleep, sleep, sleep. You got to have eight hours. And I don't know about, I've, I've tried this. They, they say the one thing that will help is if you don't set an alarm in the morning, but you set an alarm at night. So I've been trying to do this to because my sleep patterns sometimes are just what do you mean really set an alarm at night. When to go to bed? I, I I dated a woman for a long time, and 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 every night she on her phone you'd hear an alarm go off at nine thirty, and it meant she would be in bed by ten. Like clock, and then she didn't have to set an alarm in the morning because she would just wake up around five o'clock is typically when she would wake up, and 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 for her, it had to be a very very special occasion if she was going to do something different because and she was in the the medical field because she valued sleep and she valued those eight hours. When I've tried to do this, I I, I still get to about six hours and I'm just done. And, and I'm just laying there in bed going, okay, just trying to will myself to sleep two more hours. And when I lay in bed and do that, if I go back, I just wake up super groggy, super groggy. So I've just learned now when it's time to get up, I just get up. And, and, and then I, so you took this to heart. You were thinking if I don't get eight hours, something is wrong with me. Yeah. And, and, and so I was reading an article in time magazine, they're interviewing Dr. Simei Chow. And I'm like, Simei Chow, how many Dr. Simei Chows are there? Dr. Simei Chow, she used to, she's, she's, she's a phenomenal scientist. And she was here in Seattle. She used to ride my spin class. She says in this article, that because of all the research that she does, and she's one of the top researchers in Lyme disease around the world, she typically stays up and goes to bed at about midnight, and then she wakes up at 4.30, and that's when she feels her very best. And if she sleeps longer than that and tries to stay in bed, she gets groggy. If she tries to go to bed earlier, she can't go to sleep. If she tries to sleep in, she can't. I can't sleep in at all. I have, I have no ability 
whatsoever to sleep in. I can't. And then she said, you know what? I tried to, and I remembered knowing her when she was doing this. She said, I tried to knock myself out with edibles. I've tried to knock myself out with alcohol. I've tried to read. I've tried to do all kinds of things just because I'm feeling like I'm going to die young if I don't get these eight hours of sleep. They say now there's some new research, and I don't know if I'm saying this right. Is it the Arcadia clock? Circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. Talk about that a little bit because they're saying that, that, that when it comes to wiring and our need for sleep... It, it it may not be uniform across the board, right? Yeah, this is basically science of the last 50 years. It's going, yeah, we used to make these big pronouncements that everyone did X or everything did Y, and now that's wrong because there's so much variety within human beings that, that we just can't account for it. And so the, the whole circadian rhythm thing basically says that you are synced up with kind of light is the big one. So in other words, here in, in Seattle, in the wintertime, when it's go, when it gets dark at four, you're tired at seven and you go to bed. And then in the summertime, when it's light out till 10 PM, all of a sudden you have energy until 10 PM. That's the circadian rhythm in its simplest form hmm. that your body is going, it's still light out. Therefore we're awake and we're doing stuff. Yeah. And then when it's dark, your body just naturally goes, oh, the sun just went down. It's time to go to bed. So that's the, the biggest concept of that. And, and what they're saying is in this article, which is fascinating, is if your body, you're allowed to be set, your set point to be 4.5 hours of sleep. It's okay. And that you're, you're not somehow defective or it's not taking years off your life. That's just, there's a range so some people can go 4.5 hours. Some people might need nine uh, to get the same effects of rest and sleep and sleepfulness. Um, I do think that it's uh, it's kind of duh once you read it. Where it's like, of course that's the case because you and I obviously have been close friends for decades. You, you just don't need as much sleep as I do. Like that's just a fact. Right. Uh, and like many days, I will wake up. And I'll have four text messages from you that <laughs> happened at four fifteen in the morning, yeah. and it's like, what is he doing up at four fifteen? Uh, because to me, that's a that's a code red event. It's like, oh my god, I was up at four fifteen. Um, it's something bad has happened if I'm up at four fifteen and like, I'm texting. It's a code red. Event. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> I <love that>. I, uh, <laughs> I need more sleep than you do, uh, and and I, I I just think we need to get over feeling like. Everybody is the same across the board in any metric. Yeah, if I go to bed at nine thirty, I'm I'm get I know I'm getting up three thirty four o'clock. If I go to bed around eleven, and then I know I'm getting up before five. I just am, and and if I can wait till midnight, uh, maybe maybe I can sleep a little longer. But but for me, it is between five and six hours of sleep, and then that's it. And if I lay in bed and I try to continue to sleep, and I've had partners before where they continue to sleep and I can't, I'm at my best when I just get up, start exercising, get into my morning routine. And and, and the other thing is this, there's been a lot of research about naps, whether naps are good for you or not. And, and for me, a nap is not good. And I know for other people, a nap, sometimes you do a power nap. Uh, I have a friend, a partner, that he he's a business partner and he will go out to his minivan and every day after lunch he takes a 25 minute nap and there's good research on that 25 minutes 22 minutes you take a 22 minute I just nap i like the number two yeah so 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 are you able 
to sleep eight hours a night if you want to sleep eight hours can you do that oh, yeah i you could can. do eight hours see i i, I well it depends on how many times i have to go to go to the bathroom yeah <laughs> yeah i have always felt really bad about about not being able to to because you're an overachiever to make it eight if hours. it's supposed to be eight hours i'm gonna go eight hours in one minute because i'm the riding with the king I need to be the best at everything i'm gonna be the best sleeper uh, okay. that humanity's ever seen all right see you on the other side of this Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, uh, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Let's talk about vacations. And if you're vaccinated, ah. should you be able to take a vacation? What are your thoughts on this, ah. Ms. Mr. Vacation? This article you sent me, you knew you were just throwing a pipe bomb in my life. So thanks for that, O'Neill. Basically says we're screwed for international travel uh, for 2021. I have scheduled a trip. I have airline tickets right now as we speak for Italy uh, in September. Italy is experiencing a uh, one of these variant explosions, and they went back into lockdown. Uh, the man that edits our radio show is actually in the UK. Uh, he His town is in lockdown again. Wow. Uh, he hasn't been able to gig or to go to the gym in a year, mm. so he actually converted his... Uh, shed in the back to just get some minimal workout stuff going on um i was utterly convinced that we would be ready to go people that i know that travel a lot for work have told me dude 100 percent by september 100 percent you're going to italy uh this article is saying not so fast uh the way that the the vaccine rollout is happening in other countries around the world is, is not being as successful there's a lot more bureaucracy in the eu um, so I'm less optimistic after reading that, but I still feel like I'm going to go. <laughs> I, still, I still feel like it's happening at this point. How could it not be happening yeah. and in September? Like I got to believe that uh, I'm going to Italy. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is like, if you're on any dating apps and I was on some dating apps uh, earlier this year and there are women that are for whatever reason, because, because I can't date them because they're in Vancouver, BC. Uh-huh. I'm like really interested in them now. Right. And then and then the thought is when they open the border and they open the border and they open the border and and it and it seems like I'm just going to be interested in women from Vancouver, BC because I may not be able to ever date them because I don't know if they're ever going to The forbidden fruit. I don't know if they're ever going to open the border. So, a uh, couple other headlines here. What do you what do you make of the Asian hate that we're seeing happening right now uh, around America. And I had a friend of mine months and months and months ago. She said, do you, do you understand, as a person involved in the media, what is happening right now in Asian communities? And I said, I don't. She said, there are a lot of hate crimes that are happening, especially to older uh, Asian Americans. And she said, the, the crimes are really horrific. And she started telling me about what was happening uh, with Asian Americans. Now we have this shooting in Atlanta. You have some people saying, hey, it wasn't about uh, them being Asian. There is no Asian hate. But but Ron, after this is what I wrote on my Facebook page. I just said, after he said Kung flu, Kung Fu flu, Asian hate crimes have gone up 2,000%. 
And then I have people come at me and say, Donald Trump never said that. And I said, I didn't, I didn't, I just said he, I didn't mention Donald Trump. Why are you saying Donald Trump? I, I, if he didn't say that, then, then why are you even connecting him with that phrase? What's also very interesting is, is people are saying he never said that, whoever he is. And then they're also saying that, hey, these Asian hate crimes, uh, this is just stuff now that is being made up by the mainstream media, right? And so do we ever get out of this crazy cycle of gaslighting to recognize that there are Americans out there. And a lot of my Asian friends are like, hey, we do not want to step on the Black Lives Matter movement. That's why a lot of Asian leaders in the Asian community have been really careful to, in a way, stay in their lane. And and we, and we and now we're beginning to see the outrage and the pain and the hurt as a result of these shootings. But my message is, this has been going on for decades. And recently... It, it, it really has accelerated when the president came out and said, Kung Fu Flu, the former president. And as a result of that, we are seeing people beat. We're seeing them maimed. We're seeing them raped. We're seeing them robbed. What's happening in our country right, right now is very horrific. And you talk to some of my Asian friends, like Abby Wang, for instance, or you talk to Mary Doe from the Special Olympics. They're carrying this incredible pain. And this pain goes all the way back to when Asian Americans were taken in this country. All their land was taken away from them. The businesses were closed. And and they were shoved into places like Bremerton and said, hey, you know what? You're going to stay here for three years. And then when you get out, you don't get your businesses back. You don't get your land back. You have to go and reestablish that all over again. So there's a lot of Asian pain in America. And I just, I, I... It, it's difficult, though, because I, I I understand when my Asian friends say, hey, we, we want to back the Black Lives Matter movement. We want to leave room for that. And at the same time, how, how can we express the pain that we're going through? It's tough, isn't it? It's very tough. I saw my response can be way shorter than what you just said. Uh, Stephen Colbert just did a piece on this, and his brilliant takeaway was it's very simple but very difficult to do. Stop hating each other. Like the, the answer is to stop hating each other. Uh, and yet how we get to that is, seems to be very, very difficult. You know what I do? It's, it, it, it's about proximity. And this makes people really mad sometimes. And I just say this to my cousin. When he, when he tells me the way that black people feel, I'm like, call your black friends, have them over for dinner this Sunday, and just listen to them and see how they feel. Call all of them. Invite them to Sunday dinner. Oh, you think you know, as a white guy in the Midwest, you think you know the way that Asian Americans call all your Asian friends, because I'm sure you're in your phone, call them and invite them over for lunch and just sit and ask them how they feel. Just listen, be in the proximity of that. And if we don't have those people on our phones, Maybe that would be a good place to start. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by episode 239. We so appreciate it. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. And don't forget, if you need to reach out to us because you're headed out on your real estate journey, uh, how do they do that? Yeah, just go to ronadonsitdown.com or uh, you can email me directly if you want that buyer's playbook, seller's playbook uh, at ron at windermere.com. Only at ron at windermere.com. Only on the Ron and Don radio network. Hey. 
Thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. Ha, 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 ha.